to honor mothers. That was the original intent. Now, I'm sure we all have difference of opinion about how we can honor mothers. There's nothing wrong with getting a Hallmark card. There's nothing wrong with getting flowers. There's nothing wrong with none of those things. So, I thought about how can I honor mothers today? How, what, what is God's original intent of motherhood. One person I thought about was was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And as I said before, today's sermon title is Blessed Are You. And you can read that in Luke chapter 1, verse 42. It says, This is Elizabeth speaking to Mary in verse 42. And Elizabeth said, she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed are you among women. And blessed the fruit of your womb. At first glance, you may think, is Mary blessed because she was the mother of Jesus? Is that the reason why she was blessed? The answer is yes. But I would go a step further than that. I would say that she was blessed because God, the Father, selected her has chose her to be a mother. But for her in particular, to be a mother of Jesus. Keep in mind, Mary wasn't no different than y'all. I'm speaking of females, uh, mothers here. She was a sinner just like all mothers. I'm sure, even I, I understand that the Bible was claimed that she was good, that she was uh, righteous, but she was a sinner too. God doesn't look on the basis of someone's merits. He doesn't look on the basis of someone's good works. That's not how God's nature is. You know what the scripture says, right, about goodness, that there is no one good, no, not one. No one seeks God. So why did God choose her? Well, the answer to that will forever be remain a mystery from a human perspective. But the simplest answer that I can ever give you, it was according to God's good pleasure to choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. And that is why she was blessed. That is why she was a blessed woman. Because God chose her to be a mother. And this is the perspective 
the crux of this sermon that I'm coming from. We know the life of Mary, that she uh, was a 13-year-old woman. We know that that was considered as a legal adult in the Jewish culture. We know that God chose her to be the mother of Jesus. We know that by the time that Jesus was around the age of 13, uh, she was in her 20s. And everything that came about in Jesus' life, one particular phrase that keep coming up in the book of Luke is that she kept those things in her mind. Do you remember that phrase? When the shepherds came to her and told her and Joseph what happened to them, that the angel uh, descended from heaven, they seen a heavenly host, and the angels told the angel told uh, the shepherds that they will find Jesus laying in a feeding trough. And when they told her that, Mary kept those things in mind. Even when he was in the temple, Jesus was in the temple, he, uh, when Joseph and Mary came and found their 13-year-old boy teaching and answering questions, but the last phrase, one of those last phrases was that Mary kept those things in mind. She contemplated what type of child she had, why these things were so. But she knew that she had a special child. Eventually, we know that Mary was soon enough after turn over her her child, Jesus. And I'm speaking of the cross. She had to give her child up because that was ultimately God's predestined plan for his only begotten son, that his only son would be crucified on a cross for our sins, that he was raised from the grave on the third day and sit at the right hand of his father. All those things are great. They are good. But like I said before, I'm going to continue to repeat this particular theme, is that she wasn't blessed because of of her son in particular. She was blessed because God chose her. Why do you think you're blessed to be a mother? Do you think you're blessed to be a mother because you had the, um, the gift of birthing? Do you think you're blessed because you, as a mother because you uh, nurture children? No, in my humble opinion, no. You're blessed because God warning you to be blessed in this capacity. That God chose you to be a mother. And again, I'm using this not in the terms of birthing. Any person, any female can birth someone into this world, biologically speaking. But not all females are are 
what God designed them to be in terms of motherhood. That's a stark difference. You know, you say, and in terms of birthing, there are a lot of females who cannot biologically give birth, um, give birth to children into this world. But they have taken upon themselves to uh, adopt, to foster, to hang around young children and still mother them, stepping into the role of motherhood. And those females who have taken upon themselves are blessed. Blessed are you. They are blessed. You know, turn to First Timothy and look at Second First uh, Timothy chapter two. Verse 15. And this is leading to the point that I was just making. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And we can read 14 and 15 together for the sake of context. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Verse 15. Yet, she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. She will be saved through childbearing. Now, this seems very misogynistic, right? That's what an objector would say. That a woman will be saved through childbearing? That she have to give birth? And she would be saved? Uh, no. That's not what it means. At all. All right? This is not a misogynistic text. This is not sexist. What the text is actually saying through childbearing, she's not going to receive salvation. She's not going to be saved. You cannot be saved just because you give birth. But there is a sanctification process that takes place. I thank God that I'm not a woman. (laughs) I thank God. I commend you ladies. God knew who he wanted to be a female. And I thank God that I'm not one of them. I say that with all encouragement. It's just my cry out to say, ladies, mothers, You're special. You are special creatures who are, who were, are, uh, who were created in, in the image of God and still is in the image of God. You are unique individuals. I think about my wife at times. Um, I tell myself, well, I know I have my gifts, I have my abilities to do what I need to do, but 
there is a certain complementarian role that my wife plays in our household. That her strength shines brightly. It's God knew what he was doing when he created Eve. In fact, when Adam finally saw his wife, he started singing some soul music. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, mine, oh my. That boy was whipped. And that's the same thing. That females in particular has a unique, special role in God's design. Femininity is a special thing. I think about my mother who... Did it all by herself, raising four kids, having a minimum education, working two or three jobs. But she took it upon herself to say that I am going to take care of my children. I must say, I don't know where would I would be if God didn't impress upon my mom's heart to take care of her kids. Not all females who birth kids can say that. And I even know as a man that my mom, she couldn't provide all the needs that I I needed in my life as a young boy. I knew that I needed a male role model to feel that that void that I was needed, uh, searching for in my heart. In fact, by the age of 20, 21, I believe, that I went through the yellow pages to search for my biological father, and I called every number that was in uh, the state of Alabama. And eventually, word got around, and my biological father called me back, and, and make a long story short, I want to go see him twice. And I say to myself, even to this day, I'm glad I never met you in the beginning. And, well, I would say this. I, I, was, hoping, I was hoping he was rich. But besides that, <laughs> but besides that, how my mother took care of me as a young man, I'm saying she did a mighty fine job. So when you come to a text like this, that she will be saved through childbearing, it takes a lot to raise kids. It's a sanctification process. You, you yourself knows, know well how unruly you were as a kid. To your mother, how defiant you were. 
Who's Carol laughing? <laughs> Even to my wife, she talked to her mom more often than she did when she was a child. It's a sanctification process. It's very sanctifying. So how blessed, I mean, blessed are you, among women? Turn to Titus. Turn to Titus. And let's look at Titus 2, verse 3 and 4. In Titus 2, it says, starting in verse 3, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent, behavior and behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young men to love their husbands and children. And to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. That, <laughs> that the word of God may not be reviled. Verse 6. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respect to be a model of good works and and your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. What I want you to focus on is verse four, uh, three and four. As I was just said before, uh, prior to reading this text, is that women has a God-given role. To play in the household. You are the buttress for this this crazy world that your kids are living in. You are the ones that teach your child, your children, how they should be, what answers they should give in case of opposition to their beliefs. And how they should praise God by doing all these things. But this starts in the home. This starts when you are nurturing your kid. This starts when you are raising them. This starts at the very inception when you birth them. You have a have a role to play, and your role never ends at all. It continues, unless in passing of your lifetime. When I first came to this particular church, obviously it's an older church, but many of you have adopted me as your own son. You have been mothers to me. And since I'm a southerner, I have already have 
that southern hospitality and, and respect for older women that I should and always uphold them, upheld them with highest respect. I know many of you don't like me calling you ma'am. Well, there's just a southern boy in me. Because in the south, we say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. It's not because I'm trying to take, attack your age or your fragility or, <laughs> or your ability to be young in mind or whatever the case may be. It's, it's just due to respect. And how do I, how did I, how, this is the way I am because my mom taught me this. Even to the smallest example of I never approach a conversation between two adults without first saying, excuse me. Or if even the adults ignored me as a child, I just sat, sat there and, and was very quiet at the time until they were finished. And then I could have uh, said something to one of them. But ladies, mothers, this is what God has called you to do. He has called you to train young men and young women. Even this has an evangelistic approach. That you are evangelizing, you are proselytizing within your own household to teach your own kids how to be godly men and women. Because when they grow up and leave the nest, they're going to be a reflection of what household they came about and they came from. They're going to be a reflection of you. And you may say, well, I, my kids have grown. Um, I'm an empty nester. That's fine. Guess what? Say what? Say what? There we go. <laughs> there are more kids there are more children out there that still need mothers amen amen um, we're going to take a short time I, and I know prior to coming up here that I wasn't going to necessarily preach to you but I wanted to just encourage you to continue to be mothers. And I thought about a be- one best way to do that. Because guess what? I am not a female. I can only give you uh, my thoughts from a biblical perspective. But I thought about mothers telling you what it is. I thought about certain people. I asked them about what it would be to be, um, what it is to be mothers to their kids. Why they are blessed to be mothers of, of, of the kids that God has given them. So this is how we're going to do it. Um, I have asked uh, Liz, Ms. Cassay, um, Evis, and also Faith, 
to come up and give two to five minutes on what it means to be blessed. The meaning of mother. Ms. Evans is nervous, so be gracious. Um, so, Liz, if you don't mind coming up, and I have Miss Cassie and and Evans and Faith will close, and I close us in prayer. Yeah, you can come to the mic, ladies. You can just take a seat once Liz is finished. Thank you. Um, When Pastor Travis asked me to speak, I thought, what does it mean to be a mother? And when I thought back on becoming, when I first started to become a mother, um, my first pregnancy, it was one of the happiest times of my life. Um, I couldn't wait to share it with anybody and everybody (laughs) that I knew and loved because it was just such a phenomenal blessing. And I kind of felt like Mary, you know, God, why did you choose me? But I was so glad that he did. And so becoming a mother was one of the happiest times of my life. It has been a joyful experience throughout my life, but it has also been one of the most frustrating painful learning lessons of my life also. Frustrating in that most of the time I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And one of our favorite sayings in our house is, we'll mess our kids up in in our own special way and then hopefully leave them something for therapy. (laughs) Because I know that I made a lot of mistakes But through God's grace, I kept them alive, I kept them healthy, I kept them fed, clothed, housed, (laughs) and I taught them God. I taught them who God was, and that was one of the most important things to me. It was painful in that I never realized that when someone else hurt, that I could hurt more than they did, and to feel so helpless when you know they were going through something that you couldn't do anything about, but to help them walk through it and and to pray for them and to give them as much wisdom as possible so that it's something that they learned from, that it didn't just have to be a painful experience, but it would be a life lesson that they could grow through. But the the most enlightening thing was that Being a mother showed me God's love because no matter what my children do, no matter who they are, no matter what happens in their life, I still love them. I still want the best for them. Even when they don't want the best for themselves, I still want the best for them. And there's nothing that can take that love away. And so I thank God for the privilege of being a mother, not just to my own, but being a mother to other people's children also.
I thank him for that experience. I thank him for that privilege. And that's motherhood to me. Um, What it means to me to be a mother is just a blessing from God that he thought that I would be able to handle. Sometimes it's rough. Sometimes it's hard. Um, Sometimes it's frustrating. But when you look at your children and just see how precious they are, it just um, like gives you happiness of being here and being able to take care of them. Um, It also helped me to mature um, because it's just like this is the job God gave me. So, hey, I have to do what I have to do to make sure they are okay because they're dependent on me. Um, So it's just really a blessing, and I love being a mother. It's fun. Um, And I just look forward to seeing them grow and become what they um, are going to become when they get older. So that's about it. Okay. Um, it's a very responsibility job to be a mother. Okay. <laughs> um, all your life changed, I think, in one minute when you had that precious creator. All your life changed. It's the most beautiful love that you ever feel and in that moment start you start thinking about yourself first you start you start thinking in another person and find the best for that person and give the best a best education a best making better whatever you have so making better and get to them. So I was having a conversation with Pastor Brown about the Holy Spirit, and it was the last night I was thinking as a joke. I say, this little person is kind of a Holy Spirit. They change your life. Yes, they change your life in all ways. So I was looking at the Internet, and I found this. It's um, I think it was an old newspaper, somebody right? And I want to share with the kids. I want to share with Kaylee. I want to share with Marky, Isabella. The last night she was upset with me because I tell her no. And as a mother, we found a lot of times to say, I think the most of the time, no, 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 no. But it's because we love them. And I want to share with Cassie's children, because I know Sydney. She don't like the mommy saying no to her. So you don't love me. How many times had your kids laid that once on you? 
And how many times had you as a parent received the year to tell them how much? Someday, when my children are old enough to understand the logic that motive that mot well I don't know how to say the word motivate a mother I will tell them I love you enough to bug you about where you were going, with who and what time you will get home. I love you enough to be silent and let you discover you hence pick a friend was a creep. I love you enough to make you retort a milky way with a bite out of it to a drugstore and confess I stole this. I love you enough to stand over you for two hours while you clean your bedroom. I thought that will have take me 15 minutes. I love you enough to not make excuse for your lack to respect or your bad manners. I love you enough to ignore what every other mother did. I love you enough to figure you would lie about the party being chopped on but forgive you for it. After discover I was right. I love you enough to let you stumble, fall, and fail so that you could learn to stand alone. I love you enough to accept you for what you are, not what I want you to be. But most of all, I love you enough to say no when you hate me for it. That was the hardest part of all. Thank you. I love you, Izzy. When Travis called and, and asked me, I started thinking about it. And the thing that came to my mind was when I found out that I was pregnant with Mark, the first thing that I asked the Lord, I was grateful for it. But I ask him specifically, I recognize that both Mark and Kaylee are eternal souls. And my question was, Lord, how do I get them to you? Because this life is this big and eternity is permanent. And so as I began to pray, I would tell the Lord, you have created them. You have knitted them. You have formed them. And you've given them to me to get them, not necessarily to get them, but to lead them to you. And that's the most important thing in their lives, and that's the most important thing for me, is I want them to know the Lord, to walk with the Lord, and to see him because that's the eternity part. So for me, when they were young, I would often pray and I would tell the Lord, Lord, I see this more as a tool, motherhood as a tool that you're using in my life to buffet me. And I say that because I would tell the Lord, I don't know how to get them to you. I know what people say. I know what people do. But you have created them. You've made them. You know exactly what they need to have to be drawn to you. And, Lord, I don't want to be a stumbling block in that process. So often as I've raised them and as I've gone through motherhood, 
I've done an awful lot of praying the whole entire way. Lord, show me what to do in this. I know what my mind says to do, but you already know that when I do this, this, and this, this is what their response is going to be. So as I ventured through this process of motherhood, they have challenged me and they have caused me to grow. And that's where I see motherhood as being a tool because I'm very hot-headed. And if I'm going to be an example for Christ, I can't be hot-headed. I can't go off and be very fleshful when disciplining them or when challenging them. So it's buffeted me in that area. It's buffeted me in the area of being careful of what I say around them and how I talk around them. It's buffeted me in the area of am I really leading a godly life to where God can be seen in my life. I don't want to just talk it. I want them to actually see it. But as you were talking, Travis, some things, Pastor Travis, some things came to my mind because I just jotted down a couple of things that motherhood has taught me. It's caused me to be a teacher and to teach by example, like I said, not just by words. It's taught me to be a disciplinarian. And as Eva said, sometimes I have to discipline and I don't really want to. I want them to have the best of life and the best of things, but not everything is good and not everything is beneficial for them. It's taught me to be a nurturer. And sometimes I I feel like I lack that gene as a mother because I'm like, shake it off, let's move on, let's keep going. And I have to stop and go, no, they perceive a situation differently. I have to slow down and become compassionate in that area. It's taught me to be a servant. And sometimes I only want to serve myself. And it's made me get past myself and become a servant to my kids. It's taught me to be an evangelist, as you said, because they are my first responsibility. I am to evangelize my children and to lead them to the best way to the Lord through scripture, through teaching, through decision making, all of that. And it's caused me to weigh many decisions scripturally and in prayer. Lord, do I do this? Am I parenting out of fear? Or, or control, how am I parenting? Show me what it is you would have me to do. But most importantly, it's, caused, it's taught me um, to be a prayer warrior. I pray for my kids all the time because I know that God will give me direction, he will give me guidance, and he will give me wisdom if I seek him in areas. But I've had lots of joyful times with my kids. I've been so proud of them as they've gone through this journey. But um, one thing that I do know, God says in Isaiah 48, um, 17, he says, this is what the Lord says, the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who will direct you and lead you in the ways that you should go. I want his very best for my life. I want his very best for my kids' lives. So therefore, I have chosen to yield to him. And to surrender to him and ask him to lead me and guide me when it comes to my parenting. But one thing from an intercession standpoint of view, I have learned that, um, as we say often, the prayers of the righteous avail of much. I really believe that I am to pray consistently for them through their walk. I recognize I can teach them. I can do all the things that I need to do. But ultimately, I know that they have a free will. But my prayers, I believe, won't uh, return in vain. So often this is the pers- a verse that I pray for my family, and it's kind of like a family verse that I have taped on my um, mirror in my bathroom. And this is a prayer that I pray daily. It says, the, I pray, um, Lord, will you circumcise my family's hearts and the hearts of my descendants so that they will love you with all their hearts, with all their souls, and with all their minds? 
Because I know if they have that, they're good. And I know that if they choose to surrender their lives to the Lord, I've done what God has called me to do, and I will see them in my generation in eternity. So I thank the Lord for the opportunity to mother, to parent. And I also want to share what Pastor uh, Travis said. Mothering goes beyond just you birthing a child. I know I have mothered people in the faith, and I had a conversation with a lady not too long ago. We were talking about um, sometimes when you disciple women and you come alongside and you mother them, you nurture them, and you take them, you bring them in closely. And one of my friends was saying that one of her friends got saved, but she wasn't the one that got to do, you know, that got to actually lead her to Christ. And she said, and I said, yeah, you felt jealous, didn't you? Because I said it was almost like you had mothered and mothered and mothered, and then you didn't get the opportunity, and you were almost like, what's up with that, Lord? You know, I wanted to be a part of that big moment. And the, the person responded, and they said, yeah, that's exactly how it felt. And what I realized is that, you know, we don't only mother our children. We mother a multitude of people. And like I said, in discipling and in my classroom, you're mothering. It's a gift that God gives you, all women, whether you have biological children or not. You can mother and you can make a difference for his kingdom in doing so. Ms. Cassie, Ms. Evis, Ms. Faith. Um, like I said, I wanted you to hear from a female's perspective. I just go ahead and sum up this today's message, uh, leading us back to the introduction of this sermon of Anna Jarvis. Her original intent was just to honor her mother, not to commercialize it. And I will say this You are blessed. Because God is honoring you. That is the reason. That is the original intent. God God has so much pleasure to choose you to be a mother. That is why you're blessed. As Elizabeth said to Mary, blessed are you. Because the original intent of motherhood started with God himself. So when you think about Mother's Day, think about God the Father that has selected you to be a mother. Because in his infinite wisdom, he saw it was fitting for you to be mothers. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we're all here together. And I pray that... You will continue to press upon our hearts of your original intent of creating females to be mothers. Help us to be mindful that you have, from all eternity past, a plan for women to be mothers of this world. So we thank you that you have sovereignly orchestrated through Anna Jarvis to initiate a holiday in the United States to celebrate Mother's Day, uh, to celebrate mothers and honor them. But we know that you had this plan all in mind. 
I pray that you will continue to bless our mothers. Continue to protect them. Give them wisdom. Help them to uh, continue to be nurturing to others. And as the saying goes, a pastor needs a pastor, a doctor needs a doctor, a psychiatrist needs another psychiatrist. So too, a mother needs a mother. There are certain times where a mother just needs to tap out or tag someone to assist. And the person that she tags will mother the mother. I pray that your son, Jesus Christ, will be glorified in our thoughts and also in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen.